It's Thursday, December 20th, 2018, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 247, Observe the WASDI. Runtime for this episode is 1 hour 9 minutes. Welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that only kills its targets. My name is Jeremy. I'm a garroting expert, as long as it's cheese. I'm Tyler. Um, what do you mean by only our targets? Because as far as I know, it's our targets and then everybody on the same block. My name is Zach. We played Hitman, codename 47. Codename Agent 47? Yeah, agent it, codename 47. I think it was just 47 code. codename agents. Uh, yeah, for 47... Agent codes. And that's where you have to plug them into a computer to look them up in a database. That actually sounded a little bit like it's some kind of weird advent calendar. <laughs> 47 agent codes. On the 47th day of death, Miss, I guess Krampus gave to me. Just say someone killed me with. Oh, seven oh that's much better. Rusty knives. <laughs> Wait, on the first day of on the first day of death, Miss? With seven rusty knives? I oh, mean, that needs to be the sequel to Happy Death Day, right? Death Miss. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Deathmiss, yes, I'd be into that. We're reading All You Need Is Kill for the manga podcast for this week. Which I'm is, sorry, All You Need Is Kill. Which you probably <laughs> are more familiar with in its adaptation as a Tom Cruise movie, which is called either Edge of Tomorrow or Live, Die, Repeat, depending on when in time you are. Okay, I am very confused it's about Emily this. Blunt. I made the same face <laughs> when I heard about this. <laughs> I, like, I'm intrigued by all of this, but like, are, are you guys going to talk about it on that podcast? Yeah, okay. Because I have heard of none of this ever, so... Well, it's Groundhog Day. It's Tom Cruise slash a Japanese boy. There's an alien invasion, and Japan makes mech suits, because what else is it going to do? But even with the mech suits, people suck. But the aliens are super good at war, because they can basically, every time they die, they get to repeat the day. Oh, nice. And so Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt slash a Japanese dude and an American woman get somehow infected with the repeat, repeat virus yeah so why why is it tom cruise slash a japanese boy depending on which version you're it's if tom you're cruise original, the... it's a japanese boy okay if you're watching the movie it's a tom cruise <laughs> how, how what what so is that what i'm saying is listen to jumpstart weekly guys couldn't they have just gotten shia labeouf i don't know i don't think he's doing anything anymore well tom, he would tom have been cruise at that time wanted to be in an Wanted to be an anime hero, so... I mean, I can't blame him. Who doesn't? But also, that's a weird casting choice, I feel. It's a good movie and a good manga, so... Huh. Kind of odd, that. Yeah. What, the it, fact that it's a good movie with Tom Cruise in it? No, that it's a good movie based off of a manga. Oh, well, you know. I feel like Pacific Rim should It's loosely based off a of manga. Pacific Rim's not based off a of manga. No, I see... I, based off the idea of manga. Yeah, no, I was gonna say, I feel like Pacific Rim should have been based off of manga, so... I would actually say Pacific Rim's probably closer to being based off Godzilla. Yes, Godzilla and Evangelion. Punching giant monsters in the face. It's cool. So speaking of punching giant monsters in the face, Zach, what have you been playing? I have not been playing anything where I get to punch giant monsters in the face. Kevin Although, bought a brawler where you play a giant robot that apparently has a co-op mode with four different people. Yes, a robot it's called Ultron Overdrive. Style. I'm kind of interested in it, but at the same time, I don't really want to spend another like 30 odd dollars at the moment. But uh, I have been playing a lot of War Thunder, actually. Yeah, you tried to entrap me in this. I did not try and entrap you yeah, in you doing anything. Kevin. You said you were interested in it. Yeah, you tried to entrap me in this. So I've been playing a lot of that. I played a bunch with uh, Kevin and Cody, as Jeremy alluded to. 
I actually prefer the aircraft because my problem with the tanks is I tend to instantly die, which isn't any fun. But the airplanes are a lot more fun because I don't die immediately. I actually had a game where I got 16 kills and no deaths. Like, I didn't lose the airplane I was flying. I just got 16 kills. It was like, it was pretty cool, actually. So the original War Thunder was just tanks, right? Yes, I believe so. You have to research your different, like, planes and tanks and stuff. The more you play, the more research you get so you can unlock new, better, faster, more powerful tanks. Or you can pay planes, for research. Both. Is that how they get you? Yeah, you can pay to speed it along, I, I guess, or pay for, like, premium tanks and stuff. I'm not spending any money on it. I'm enjoying what I've been playing. So, like, I have a TBD Devastator, which is a torpedo plane. I've got a bunch of fighter craft that are fun i'm primarily playing the americans because without paying to speed research a lot of stuff it takes a while so you kind of want to focus on one of the factions and america has all three of them they've got tanks planes and boats Uh, i guess britain is getting boats but they're all still in beta so you have basically all the major factions from the world war ii america germany britain japan italy and france i want to say is the last one south africa Huh? I was expecting to throw an oddball in there. So. I don't think I don't think there nope. South Africa's in I, there. I thought it was a setup for a punchline. You're like you got all the standard World War II factions. You know, you got your Brazils. Your uh... no, I mean Australia might be in there somewhere, but I don't think so. I think it's just Great Britain. They were busy fighting the Emu Wars. That was Australia. But that's what uh, he said. Oh, I thought you said South Africa. Well, yeah, no, we switched to another random country that did not really participate. Actually, they were doing quite a bit in World War II. Yeah, actually, they were, now that I think about it. I think the Emu Wars were between the World Wars as well, but I will admit I do not remember (laughs) when Australia lost the war to birds. I think it happened twice also. They tried once, lost, and tried again and also lost. It's a fun game. It's definitely a game better with friends, and I, I think their matchmaker might need a little bit of tweaking because getting into a match and having, like, I have a like, tier two Sherman. Yay, this is great. And then running into somebody running around in a tiger tank is like, well, great. I can't even do anything to that guy. Actually, it was kind of funny. The first kill I got, I was sitting on a point, just kind of sitting there in my steward watching a pass that I knew the enemy team had to come down in. I was just kind of looking around, seeing what was around me. And at one point, I looked behind me, and 20 feet away, there was an enemy panzer just sitting there. <laughs> like, he wasn't looking at me, he was just sitting there, and I was playing realistic mode, so it took a while for me to turn my tank around, and that tank has a hand-cranked turret, so it didn't, like, <laughs> spin around. It, it was, was, like, like 15 minutes later, like, as I was, you know, kind of reversing and turning and doing all kinds of things, trying to get my turret on the guy. He didn't look around once. I finally got all the way turned around and shot him and killed him. And so, it was just one of those, like, that was the only kill I got, but it was just sitting there kind of, you know, turning around, like, please don't look at me. So did you get that amazing feeling of tension while you're turning around, like, oh, man, I really hope he doesn't notice me as I'm doing yeah, it was It was a, oh, God, I'm dead. I am so dead. This is going to kill me. It's that one, and then I played another game where I ended up with five. Uh, five tank kills and there was also a game in which i got a kill on a guy who had a tank of like a br rating of five higher than mine by just staying ahead of his turret and it's those kind of things that make me think the game is still worth playing and spending time in because it's not pay to win as far as you can tell i think a lot of it is you know get practice and paying for stuff does help but i think a lot of the times when i die instantly is because people just know what they're doing better than me and i don't think they're having any problems there was one instance where i got shot through a tree behind a fence by somebody who shouldn't have been able to see me but those instances have been rare and it's those flashes of brilliance where you have those good games on the tank and the tanks make me think they're still worth playing you know there have been a surprising flush of free-to-play games that just have optional paid content that are like just really good games 
I like this trend. I'm into it. It's definitely a, f- a fun one. Like, I think it's worth trying, especially because it's a free game to play. Like, you can try it, and then if you don't like it, just remove it from your computer, and you're good to go. There's nothing, any really anything to worry about. So that's kind of my policy on MechWarrior Online and League of Legends, too. It's like, they're free to play, so you can, if you download them, try them. If you don't like them, remove them. You don't have to worry. There's not really any monetary investment built into those games. Is it really free, though? Because there is a temporal investment. If you're that concerned, why are you playing games in the first place? It's more that I just have to be really choosy about which games I do play. Less life, more game. I could try that. That's my Maybe favorite one day. anime from 2000. <laughs> Less Life, More Game. It was a uh, <laughs> direct sequel to No Game, No Life. Uh, so that's, that's still a fun game. I primarily enjoy playing it with uh, a couple of friends. And like I said, I really like the aircraft mode. I'm actually decent at it, which helps. I'm also the only one who likes the boat mode. So I feel like I'd probably like the boat mode. Honestly. I like to say boat mode. That sounds like <laughs> the boat mode sounds like a great band. I'd like to listen. The to. only boat mode. <laughs> the only problem it's like Depeche mode, but exactly. The, the only problem with the boat mode, in my opinion, is it only goes up to light cruisers. So you don't have any battleships because it only hits the light cruiser side of things. So it's the, the smallest of the capital ships. Maybe there'll be a battleship update at some point. There is World of Warships, which I think is that. Well, Liam um, Neeson be in the battleship update. Though. I do not believe so. How was that movie, by the way? Never seen it. Do no. I look like an idiot? <laughs> well, I was wondering if maybe <laughs> you Jeremy, watched it. I know of a lot of the other movies you've seen. Look, yes, you do. I like Dragon Ball Evolution. It's not a good movie. It's a very bad movie. So uh, how was Twilight? Well, you know, the first one is not that bad. It's weird that they have an X-Men baseball scene in the middle. Okay, the second it, one is god-awful. The third one is the most boring movie with a war between vampires and werewolves in it. But I do hear good things about the fifth one, so uh, maybe I should have stuck it out longer. Is that the one where she gives birth to a demon child? No, that's the fourth one. The fifth one is the one where they all die, and then it's revealed that it was just the prediction of one of the characters. And like, let's uh, not do that. Oh, no! <laughs> So the other game I've actually played uh, quite a bit of is actually Battlefield 5. Is that a thing? Yes, it is. Is, is it not just Battlefield 1-2? No, it's it's Battlefield 5. We're okay. back in World War II where Battlefield started. Yeah, I just, I didn't know, I had heard nothing about this. It was actually kind of funny because I heard about it and I was like, I was looking around trying to see if anybody had it on sale because, you know, Black Friday was recent. Well, it turns out it had only been out for a week when Black Friday rolled around, so no one had oh, it nice. on sale. And when we recorded the Berserk episode, I was talking to Jeremy and Kevin about this and how I had been looking for it since no one had it on sale. Then I checked the next day on Best Buy's website because I was curious. And they had it on sale and you got a free Steelbook case with it. So I was like, huh. Nice. Something's listening to me and I'm not sure if it's a good or bad thing. So I picked up Battlefield 5. EA is offering Battlefield 5 at 50% off for owners of previous games. That, that That's just really cool. Good job, EA. Well, that's because EA is trying to make up a lot of ground for the battlefield, the Battlefront 2 fiasco. Yeah, no, I'm I'm okay with that, honestly. I'm glad they're trying to learn a lesson. It's actually a really fun game. I'm not very good at it, but it's quite fun. Like, the animations in it are all fluid. The battlefields look really cool. The semi-destructible terrain is nice. And one of the things that really pushes it over the edge for me, at least in comparison to its major competitor of Call of Duty Black Ops 4, you know, or, whatever the hell you want to call it. Or uh, Cod Blobsive. Yeah, is that it has a single-player mode. I'm not going to say the single-player mode is, like, really anything to write home about. The short vignette campaigns are, well, they're short. They're not, like, anything to write home about. They're not the greatest thing on the planet, but they're fun to play through. They're not too long, and they're fairly enjoyable for what they are. Like, the second one, I you play as a uh, Norwegian girl who's trying to rescue her mom. 
and there's a skiing element to it, so you ski okay. down a mountain. Okay, I'm into this. You can ski around. Can you, pl- can you ski in multiplayer on any of the maps? Uh, not as far as I know. I think oh, it's just a single-player no. thing. Is there just a biathlon mode? Uh, I do not believe <laughs> so. That would be pretty bitchy. Except the shooting practice is just your shooting Nazis. Well, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think there's actually one of those, but it feels like it. Like I liked how they guided you in one of the levels because your character falls into water. You know, you're out in a blizzard, so the way they guide you is by having your character have to find, like, campfires. I say ways to not freeze. Yeah, and so you have to find the campfires basically to guide yourself to where you're supposed to be going. And I thought that was kind of a neat touch and a, a clever way of going about it. It's it's Battlefield. Like, it feels like the 1942 just updated, to me at least. I mean, they've still got class creation. I did have a minor moment of utter stupidity. Uh, I didn't realize that the medic, they have a grenade launcher, a grenade rifle. On the it, medic, obviously. On the medic. It's a smoke grenade. <laughs> okay, that makes a bit more sense. But I was launching it at people, expecting it to be a damaging grenade. No, I you... did not realize this until I looked at the armory and found out it was a smoke grenade. Hey, secondhand smoke is serious damage, Zach. And I w- discovered that the reason why my grenades weren't actually hurting people, even though I launched them right on top of them, was because they weren't harmful grenades. You know, the next level medic strat is to launch that smoke grenade, and while they're like, oh man, there's smoke, this is annoying, run in and paddle them to death. You do not have a paddle. Oh no, that's like shock. the best part of Battlefield. They, they don't have the shock paddles anymore, it's a it's a shot, but nobody can, or everybody can actually revive downed teammates, but the medic does it faster, and you can spawn on any of your teammates that aren't in combat. Or not any of your teammates, any of your squad mates. So you have four, like, squad mates that are with you. And if they're not currently threatened, you can spawn on yeah, them? Yeah, not in combat. Or in a vehicle. Like, I had one where I couldn't spawn with him because he was in a plane. And wouldn't get out of the damn thing for the entire freaking game. Not mad. Did he at least, like, get some sweet dogfight kills? Nah, I don't think so. (laughs) He was just in a plane. That's one of the, that's a battlefield problem. It's always been like that. People get in planes and then they never really seem to do much of anything. I never thought I'd be Um, on a plane. But all the mechanics seem to work out pretty well. It's still got the level up progression thing. So the more you play, the more stuff you can unlock. And, you know, the more guns you have. But they they removed the um, gotcha, I guess, for equipment, the loot boxes. And now you just can buy whatever customization option you want with in-game currency yeah, you that you just earn, earn by playing the game. You earn Battlefield bucks. Yeah, I think they're called something else. But Battlefield bucks is a, as good a number as any, or good as a term as any. To be fair, that was technically true in Battlefront 2 as well. Oh, the one that they complained about all the loot crates in? Yeah, yeah. It's just that you had to play for, I think... 182 hours or something? I think they decided it was more than the length of a single human life, actually. I think someone did the calculation. Well, I think the other difference... (laughs) One of the differences, I think, is that one of the big things about Battlefront 2 was that to unlock, like, Darth Vader and stuff like that, you had to get them through the loot boxes, whereas I think it's only customization options. So I don't think you... I think the guns you unlock just by leveling up, and then it's, like, getting a different pattern or whatever is what actually costs the Battlefield bucks, and so that's not really that big of a deal. So, in order to earn enough in-game currency in Battlefront 2, it requires approximately 4,500 hours of playing. Enough in-game currency for what? For all the unlockable items in the game. Okay, for a full unlock? Yeah. I mean, that is a lot, but also I think a full unlock is maybe never an intended goal for a game like that. Um, just to put that in perspective, that is, without sleep, one entire half a year. Battlefield 5 doesn't have that. But, like, the maps are wide open. Like I said, they're fun to interact with. They're fun to play. They look really nice. All the animations are fluid. I think it's a very well-done game, and I'm enjoying playing it. 
unfortunately, I don't have any friends to play it with because Jeremy's the only one I know that has a PS4 and Battlefield 5 is not the kind of game Jeremy would actually buy or play. So, <laughs> or play. <laughs> I, there's a much better chance of me buying it than playing it. That is true. <laughs> so um, that's a lot of fun. And uh, actually, a couple weeks ago, me and Jeremy and Kevin, after finishing up, got a chance to play Overcooked 2, which is a blast. It's yeah. Overcooked again, and it's great. Now you we- can throw stuff. We were supposed to play this on Monday and or the Ruby board game. Stuff happened. There was an existential crisis. Kevin is now threatening to just drive Zach and I to your house and show up with the Ruby board game. Is he really? (laughs) Yes. I was not in on this, but I'm not surprised. I mean, I have an entire week around Christmas off. I'm not sure when yet because I haven't decided. I mean, yeah, we we do need an opportunity because... We discovered that there's a bonus stage that you can't do with three people because one side has like basically everything to do and the other side is basically like preparing, what was it, like flour? You had to mix stuff. It was like mixing stuff and, and preparing meat. Well, the but other side actually... had to wash dishes or and the outside washed dishes. I remember that. But the other side delivered them, had to cook them, had to get some of the preparation stuff for the other side. I would really like, this is something I actually wanted in Overcooked 1, especially with fewer players. I really want the ability to choose where you spawn. Because there are some things like that where you can't move sides, and having one person on the busy side is like nearly unbeatable. Yeah, I wish they would have done it, but they didn't. So we'll just have, have to get uh, a full four-man to do that. And it's something that I, I want to do because it's a fun game. I enjoy playing it. I enjoy playing it with you guys a hell of a lot more than I enjoy playing something like, say, Mario Kart. Because that drove me absolutely insane. Yeah, and this that's is the game surprising that came, to me, Zach. That game came with my Switch. So that's one of three games I own on the Switch. I was thinking recently about the physical games I own. And I think the reason I own most of the physical games for the Switch is because they have been gifted to me by other people. So I have thought about getting you guys gifts on the Switch, but I don't want to do it to Jeremy because he wants that thing to be entirely digital and I don't want to screw that up. I'm not that big of a dick. Can you can you bequeath things to your Switch friends? I don't know if you can on the Switch or not. I know you never could on the Wii U, but you could on the Wii. Okay, I'm curious. I'm going to find this out. I'll report back later. I'm going deep, guys. But... Yeah, so Battlefield 5, well worth it. I think Overcooked 2 is Overcooked 2 is a game that if you have friends to play it with, very well worth the money. If it's alone, I don't think I would recommend paying for it. But if you do have the friends to play it, especially this one's even better than the first one because you have internet play, so you can get it on Steam and play it with your friends over the computer. And uh, War Thunder, definitely worth checking out. I'd say they're all worth checking out if you've got the time or the money. But uh, only if you're interested in like first-person shooters for Battlefield 5. That's the big one there for me because it's probably back up to full price so really quick i looked it up you cannot give other people through the switch ecosystem things digitally just period which seems like a grievous oversight well i guess the well i mean you can Can still give fun bucks so like you can still give them nintendo coins and or uh e-shop dollars on like gift cards and stuff so i mean you can still do that it's it has to be a physical gift card though you cannot like gift them like say overcooked over the switch i think the playstation store might be the same way Ah. i don't want to be quoted on that they might be i don't know i haven't really gone in depth to do any kind of research i'm just saying steam has gotten a lot of money out me by allowing me to buy way too many copies of a game to give to everyone i know yeah oh and the Wii did that but i think that might be the only console that did yeah i mean i've given out a couple of games to people on steam and it's a really handy feature i really enjoy that option because 
It's a nice thing to do. I, I got like PUBG can... and Payday 2 from that. Exactly. I feel like it can only have made the money. I'm not sure why other things don't do this. I gave both of these guys copies of Battletech. I gave Tyler whatever the hell that was. That was well worth the, like, oh, 49 yeah, ma- cents or whatever Girl, the hell I paid for I believe for it. is what it's called. Thank you for this glorious gift. You are very welcome. I wish I could delete it from my library in some manner. I'm trying to come up with the next one I'm going to send you. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not planning on doing that again in a close memory. I feel like you got me an actual game that was not Battletech a while ago, and I thought it was going to be a joke game, and it would turn Uh, out to be like an actual gift. Was it Blaze Blue? (laughs) It might have been Blaze Blue. I do have that in my library, and I I think that was from you. I don't remember, because the only ones I I gave you Vegito Blue because I felt bad about sounding like I was being really critical of some of the episodes not going up. And so I felt bad about that, so I gave you Vegito Blue. If I buy you a DLC, will episodes of Gundam just show up? Is that a Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, definitely. Because I've been doing it wrong, if that's how that works. Bribery? No, it it wasn't that. It was was a whole, like, host of things that that just kind of tacked on and came up in that I felt bad about. But I don't think I've actually given you... I think it was probably Blaze Blue. I don't remember what the other one was. I do remember there, there might have been one that I was like, Huh, Tyler would probably really enjoy this, so I gave it to you, and that might be the one you're thinking of, but I couldn't tell you what it was. So what have you been enjoying, Tyler? Oh, you know, I had a whole thing for this. Uh, We could talk about Pokemon now. Let's talk about the Pokemons. Um, How has your Pokemon experience been? So, mostly Alex has been playing, so I've been playing second player. The way this works in this game for people who have not gotten a Let's Go game, although I'm sure Jeremy is familiar with this, is second player can move around the map freely but not interact with anything, so I don't even know why they allow you to. Basically, you show up in combat, second player gets whatever Pokemon second in your party, and then you always double-team everyone. Yeah. It's bully mode. <laughs> it's it's very unfair. It's like, hey, ten-year-old with a ratatat, I get two Pokemon at once. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, yeah. Well, like, I really wanted to force every battle to be a double battle if you have the second player active. That would be cool. But that would be every, much better. A lot of trainers only have one Pokemon. I know. I wanted them to have two Rattata. Honestly, the game's easy enough. They could have gotten away with making all the trainer encounters harder, and it still would not be very hard. Unlike every other Pokemon game, where they're usually such a challenge. Yeah, well, to be fair, yeah. I really want just like a really ridiculously hard Pokemon game sometime. So do me. So do me. Yeah, Um, go on with it. I feel like this is not an uncommon desire. This is why Nuzlocke runs exist. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. It's red and blue. I like the graph. Specifically, it's yellow. Yeah, that is true. Um, I like the graphical style. That's cool. I really like the fact that Pokemon encounters are only quasi-random now. I want that to be in every Pokemon game going forward. See, that's the one mechanic that I hope they don't take from Go. Really? Yeah. From what I've heard of it, I don't want that either. What, the fact that they spawn and you run into them? Yes. I mean, it just works like Persona. Yeah. yeah. There's I just... know how it works. Well, okay, so... I-, I like the gotcha mechanic of, oh man, is this going to be a cool encounter? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. look, I think I'm the odd man out on this from what I've heard people talking about Pokemon, your opinion seems to be the much more popular one, but I just like the chance that I could get something cool when a random encounter happens. And also, I genuinely like the tension of, oh man, that's grass. If I go in there, something might pop out. I'm with Jeremy on this. I actually quite like that idea. Yeah, on the other hand, you also still get the choice of, do I go through the grass and maybe risk running into a random Pokemon that just spawns right in front of me? Yeah, but that happens almost never. Yeah, that is true. Okay, yeah. Now, I get what you're saying, but also, no hordes and hordes of Zuban caves. That oh, was always over around. You just have to bob and weave through them. <laughs> exactly. That was also over-exaggerated in the first place. The things that I always ran into more of wasn't even Zubat. It was usually Geodude. Yeah, no, Geodude is actually much more annoying than Zubat. What is your later. Eevee dress like? So Alex played a while without me. 
I forget why. Maybe I was playing Final Fantasy or something. She and her Eevee are currently both dressed as sailors from the Vermilion, which is adorable. Okay, my Pikachu has a sun hat or a straw hat because... Because Luffy, yeah, obviously. A red bow on her tail. Okay, she's, I'm into it. She's wearing the Rocket t-shirt because it's black and that goes <laughs> with the yellow, but she's got a big pink ribbon over the Rocket logo so you can't see it. Uh, this is this is great. Where are you in the game right now? I just defeated Koga. Okay, I think Alex just got to the point where she got, not cut, but hack down, <laughs> or whatever it's called. So I re- Oh, you haven't seen the way Skydash works yet. Skydash? That's what, instead of fly. Okay, no, I've not also, seen this. Also, you're, you're playing Let's Go Eevee, so you will not see the majesty that is Floaty Fall. What? So, as she's talked to the special move trainer that can teach her Eevee special moves. Yes. So, Eevee gets one for every Pokemon it can evolve into. Okay. Eventually. Pikachu gets three. One called Zippy Zap, which is a super powerful quick attack. And then Floaty Fall and Splishy Splash to emulate <laughs> the flying Pikachu and surfing Pikachu of old. <laughs> Oh, wow. Floaty fall, Pikachu sprouts balloons, floats up into the air, and then jumps off to do a body slam onto his target, and it's the best thing. Does it, like, in midair put on a Lucha Libre mask? I it wish goes? it did. It does not, but it does get anime speed lines that get faster <laughs> and faster as it gets to the target, and it is the best. Sorry, I want to find out all the Let's Go wow. Eevee special moves because they are similarly ridiculously named. I haven't used any of them in combat yet, though. Uh, Are they all, is it just for the red and blue ones, or does it cover all of them up to, like, Sylveon? Yeah, it covers all of them. I don't know if you get a fairy move or not. I think you do, though. It is weird playing red and blue with no ghost, or with no dark steel or fairy Pokemon. There actually are fairies, because... Yeah, Clefairy. and Jigglypuff. But there are the moves, so I just got, like, dark pulse and bite on things, but no Umbreon. To be fair, bite was in red and blue, but it was a normal type move. Yeah. Just having the type coverage is weird and interesting. And it's very different because you don't actually have the Pokemon. Yeah, it's it's just kind of odd. I guess you also have a Magneton as a steel Pokemon if you really wanted. But I don't think there are any dark Pokemon in that game. I don't think... Yeah, I don't that think dark they, didn't get added to anything. Yeah, they didn't add it to anything. Okay, so really quick, I just found the Let's Go Eevee list. Can you learn more than one at the same time? Yes, can you, you just can learn have four all? of them. Okay. If you want. So, like, just your entire moveset can yeah. be these. So... Eevee starts with VV Volley as actually just like it's a thing that happens. Oh, yeah. You have limit breaks for your Eevee yeah. and your Pikachu in this game. Yeah, you which... get limit breaks. Even if they're actually if they're not out in the battlefield, they can give a stat boost to the Pokemon that's currently on the field, which is also kind of fun. Let's see your power changes depending on friendliness for VV Volley. I assume that's the same for Pikachu's. So let's hear. There's Bouncy Bubble. Heal for 50% of the damage dealt. Oh, my. Uh, Buzzy Buzz. You want to guess what type of move that is, Zach? It's probably either bug or electric, but since the Eevee doesn't evolve into a bug, I'm going to go with electric. Yeah, no, it, sh- it seems like it should be bug. It is, in fact, electric. Uh, always causes paralyze on hit. Sizzly slide. Always cause burn on hit. Glitzy glow is the psychic move. You know, these sound like the operation names from the characters of Girls and Panzer, because <laughs> almost all of them are like that. Yep. What's the, the the move that's like barrier, but for special? Reflect? Yes. Yeah. So it, it basically just cats reflect as well as dealing damage. Baddy bad. Ah, wow. That's uh, <laughs> really pulled out the stops on that one, Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> Game Freak, technically. Yeah, well, I don't know. Whoever translated this, I'm hoping it had a better Japanese name. Basically cats barrier, uh, sappy seed. I actually really wish I could learn that on my yeah, Pikachu. It, it does... It does damage and is also Leech Seed, which is great. I love this. I have a Bulbasaur in the party specifically because I just want to Leech Seed everything. Me <laughs> so too. 
Freezy Frost, reset all stat bonus for all Pokemon on the field. That's, uh, that's actually a surprisingly good competitive move. That's weird. And Sparkly Swirl, heal allies status effect. So, there you go. Those are all the stupid EV moves. I haven't seen any of them in action, but honestly, the Pikachu ones sound better anyway, so... Well, I don't know what the EV ones look like, so maybe they are similarly rad. Yeah, me neither, honestly, and this is a travesty unto EV. You know, it's Pokemon Red and Blue. That's really my thoughts on it, so... Yeah, but it's Pokemon Red and Blue like you remember in your heart instead of how it <laughs> actually plays. Yeah, that's actually what Alex has been saying about it. She's like... It's different enough that it's, like, new to me, but also it's, like, weirdly nostalgic at the same time. But I've played every single Pokemon game ever, ever basically, except for Black and White. Like, I played Red and Blue so many times. Like, it's not even... A th I'm, I'm bored of Red and Blue, guys. Can we please stop Red and Blue? I mean, I... That a little bit, too. But once I started to get some cool Pokemon and play it, like, I am actually getting into it. Like, I think because the second half of Red and Blue I haven't played as many times. That's fair. And I can actually go the way I think the developers intended instead of just stubbornly grinding until I can beat Sabrina. Um, <laughs> going and beating Koga first? Yeah. So, yeah, and you know, I always did Sabrina first. Me too. So, um, I didn't even know that was not the way you were supposed to do it. Oh, uh, well, Koga is the fifth gym leader, and if you look at the badge order, and Sabrina is the sixth. No, that makes so sense. So, the thing was intended... That you leave think, that area and come back to it? I think it is intentionally a choice you can have, but you're supposed to be like, oh, my rival is kicking my ass here at Silthco. I'll go down this cool road that I unlocked. The heck was I gonna say about the things and stuff? So I hypothesized that later on. So the game incentivizes you to, like, catch Pokemon because you can shove them into the professor's meat grinder to get candy like in Let's Get... Or in, so, uh, do you Poker know how Girl? the candy mechanics work in this game? Because they're kind of beautiful and how broken they are. Yeah, no, I saw someone beat the Elite Four with a level 3 Magikarp by struggling them to death. Clearly it was not a level 3 Magikarp by the time they finished because you gained experience. But yes. <laughs> what? So, so you... <laughs> candy, the, or EVs no longer exist in this game. IVs do, but EVs don't. And EVs are the stats you get for battling certain Pokemon that is like an invisible stat boost. Not invisible, you can see it, but you can't see where it's coming from that you get for fighting Pokemon. There's a limit to it in the Pokemon games. I think you can increase each stat by, I want to say, 100. I know that's wrong, but it's something by, about like that. And for our purposes, that's a good enough estimate. And you can get a total stat boost of about 202. Okay, wow. In Pokemon Let's Go, you instead have candies, which work similarly to Pokemon Go. You send the professor all the Pokemon you don't want. He grinds them up into candy for you, and you give them to your Pokemon for stat boosts. Of the correct type. So yeah. if you want, like, I don't know, Geodude candy, or Geodude candy for your Golem, you gotta catch more things in the Geodude line and then grind them up. There's also generic candy, though, in this. And it's yeah, there are some generic candies. By feeding Pokemon candy, you can increase a stat by up to 200, and you can do that for every stat. Oh, okay. well, and, and wow. the, the candy fair, that requires a ridiculous amount of grinding if you want to do that. So it's clearly not the intended experience. But if you want to beat the Elite Four with a level three Magikarp, the professor's <laughs> arm is probably going to get tired after that. And at that point, yeah, well, it's definitely a hand crank. Uh, actually, I feel like it would be Tauros powered or maybe all those Magikarp powered. Maybe they're the elements of their own demise. They also kind of changed how shiny chaining worked in this. So in order to get a shiny Pokemon, you have to encounter the same pokemon in a row you don't have to but it increases your odds to above zero yeah yeah um so if you're like grinding for a shiny magikarp then you're going to be encountering a lot of magikarp anyway and then the game also gives you experience for catching them and then you can grind them up in the candy so by the time you get a shiny you will have gone through a lot of the pokemon i do like that it incentivizes you catching the same pokemon over and over again 
because it also gives you XP buffs and it makes the individual Pokemon you're catching stronger as well. They have better IVs, which are easier to see in this game. Yeah, also by the time that you catch a shiny Magikarp in our hypothetical example, it will also have great IVs because that's just how the chaining mechanic works. The IVs go up by a guaranteed amount every time you chain. So, And to you talking about how it's too easy... It kind of is, but because it's Pokemon Red and Blue, and that's the game that expected you to do the most grinding, I actually find it's a little harder than modern Pokemon games because levels are just a bit higher for the trainers you're fighting, and you're doing less grinding, at least I am, because I'm not usually going out and catching a million Pokemon. So this is actually, I think, much harder than X and Y or Sun and Moon are. Well, they also do, they don't include an XP share, I'm assuming. Yeah, you automatically share experience. You don't get one, that's just how it works. Oh, okay, so it's just a built-in mechanic now, which is yeah. kind of how they were kind of expecting you to operate in the newer games anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, Red and Blue, the original Red and Blue, I think, were some of the hardest, because especially the Elite Four were, like, 30 levels above me by the time I get there, usually, so you have to go grind. I feel grind. like it's closer to 10, but you have to grind forever to yeah. make that up. I know, uh, so part of the problem, maybe, is that I'm always playing with two players. I think if you are constantly in two-on-one mode, then yes, this game yeah, is pretty If you are easy. constantly in bully mode, you probably have a lot easier time. The additional thing is Alex actually bought this game. I did not. So she bought the one that came with one of the Pokeball Pluses. Uh, I, can we talk about the Pokeball Plus? Yeah, sure. What are your feelings on the Pokeball Plus? I wish it had a couple more buttons. I wish it had one more button. Is that you the need... super dopey controller? Yeah. yeah. You need three buttons for a Pokemon game. They gave you two. Yeah. And like, I also want to be able to switch them because like almost every affirmative action, like what would be the A button or the X button on a PlayStation controller is press in the thumbstick. They have another soft button on top that's usually cancel and I want those to be switched. So do I. Because more than once I've been like, go Squirtle, use water bite. <laughs> because you'll accidentally hit it one way or the other while pressing it in. Oh, um, yeah, that's kind of silly. Yeah. Um, the flip side, though, is that it's the best goddamn controller anyone has ever included with a game. It's um, Yeah, it feels really good in your hand, honestly. It so. feels good in your hand. The more important thing is I usually play Pokemon with the sound off and listening to podcasts. And there are some sounds I would like to hear in Pokemon. And Pokeball got me covered because if you had a super effective hit... Your Pokeball rumbles, and it gives you that sound effect. Yeah, that, like, noise. You throw a Pokeball at a Pokemon, every time that does the shake, you get a little rumble, the controller glows, and you get the whoop, whoop from the controller, and it feels like I'm a goddamn Pokemon <laughs> trainer, and I cannot explain how good it is. Also, when you catch a Pokemon, the inner ring lights up with the average color of the Pokemon you just caught, which is pretty cool. It also translates to shinies, I found out. So if you catch a shiny Rattata, it will be green instead of purple. And Which you hear cool. the little cry of that Pokemon coming from the Pokeball, because it's yours now, and it's in so, your hand, <laughs> and you can throw it at your enemies to defeat them. I've, have you taken anything for a walk? Uh, I took Mew on a walk when we went to see the McElroys, because okay. it was underleveled. Oh, man, well, I haven't talked to you since McElroys. That was a show, by the way. I laughed so hard I had an asthma attack. Okay, I, I thought you were think, kidding. So <laughs> I also think live podcasts are <laughs> It's just three dudes talking into a microphone. Yeah, there is a little bit of that. And so take for a walk is that like a leveling up thing yeah, yeah so like the pokeball also has a pedometer in it so you can transfer a pokemon to the pokeball controller and then as you walk it will gain experience okay it also works um basically the same way as the whatever whatever plus accessory for pokemon go does um so it's it's also used in pokemon go which is i mean it's the ideal alex accessory because she also plays that game so maybe this is also why i thought it was too easy is because like she goes walking fairly regularly 
and she had the Eevee in a ball and she came back and it was suddenly level 30 when everything else is like level 12. And we're like, yeah, that would do it. Yeah. So we're like, we'll put you in the box for a while. We'll come back for you later, Eevee. We'll, we'll see you around Sabrina. So so I don't know <laughs> if this is true for the Eevee, but the Pikachu definitely when it's my first Pokemon. I just huck it into battle because it's on my shoulder. I'm just go Pikachu. And it's rad. Yeah, no, it's Eevee. Like, and because Pikachu is also my best Pokemon, I'm like, oh, you're f- now. You're going to get floaty falled. No, Eevee does the same thing. You just, like, throw it off your arm into battle. No, it's a lot of fun. I also really like that Eevee now has voice lines, but it's definitely the Japanese voice actor, and Eevee's name in Japanese is slightly different, and it's really weird. Yeah, it just says V at me because I do not have a talking Eevee. Yeah, no, instead it goes Wee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, one of my favorite things about the Pokeball Plus is whatever you load on there, you can, like, interact with it, and sometimes it'll be, like, trying to get your attention, like a Furby or something. Yeah, no, it's like a, almost it, like a Tamagotchi, but it'll just make the Pokemon cry. That's what I just thought of. It turns it into a Tamagotchi. Yep. It's like all you can do is press the one button to be like, shut up, Mew. Or shake it or something. <laughs> so what party is she using out of curiosity? I mean, we're still pretty early in the game. so I, we. I just finalized mine. We had a Pikachu. I think it's going to get kicked out fairly shortly. Definitely a Bulbasaur. Probably we're going to be stuck with the Charmander because she's a fan of Charizard. Also, you can ride. Have you ridden on any Pokemon yet? No. Have you taken them out to like let them follow you a la gold and silver? If they're big enough, you ride on them. Nice. Yes. I was riding a Rhydhorn for a while. I now ride on a Charizard everywhere I go because I'm a goddamn Pokemon. You might have to unlock that because we do have an Onix and won't let us ride it yet. That's strange. I don't Maybe? remember unlocking anything. You do need to be in a space big enough for the Pokemon, so it's possible that Onyx is just giant. That's And fair. there's no space where you can ride on it. At least not that we've encountered. Because, yeah, my brother was trying to ride on a Haunter, because it's gigantic. And when you ride on Snorlax, you just cling onto its belly, you and the little <laughs> Pikachu, as it saunters around. I don't know why you're saying anything bad about this game. It's a perfect gift from heaven. Okay. Um, you know, I, I was not expecting this mana to... I, I did not look far enough into the desert to find the delicious bread. I'm trying to think who else. I mean, obviously Bulbasaur. I think I already said that. Just three Bulbasaurs. Um. Okay. I mean, I'm going full I'm a little kid mode using Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle. And Mew. Oh, yeah. And Pikachu, which leaves I only have one real slot for my party. I think we're... That was Rhyhorn for a while, but now it is a Dratini. I think we're actually maybe dumping Mew from the party, so I don't know. It doesn't have a great learn set. I had to go to Saffron specifically just to get the Psychic TM. Yeah, I'm like, move. that's really my problem right now is like, I really wanted to know a Psychic type move. Anyone. I don't even care. It could be Psywave. I don't care. Mine is level 40. It does not have one yet. I mean, it. Well, actually, no, it did learn Psywave. I just didn't learn it because I had Psychic already. Oh, no. It's reasonably fun. Honestly, I think the reason I'm a little bored with it is because I'm not the main player and also... I don't know, like I said, it seems a little too easy. The co-op mood does seem a little tacked on to me. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice idea, but I Pokemon's always been a game that you play on your kind of a, on your own and then basically see who's better in terms of competitive play with your friends later. Or, you I don't know, know, just that, to mess around. Or trade. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that playing it with somebody is really all that beneficial unless it's like a LAN or like a an open world thing, a lot of Fallout 76 or one of those other type of games where Everyone you just have wants everybody. It so bad and Nintendo just won't do it. I don't understand why not. Like it wouldn't be balanced at all. And you know what? I'm fine with that. I just want to become a gym leader. <laughs> I have so many theme teams, guys. Fight me. I don't this know. This week, this is an ice gym. <laughs> now next week, it'll be a fire gym. And the week after that, it'll probably be a bug gym. You don't know. I have a layout for a team that's entirely powered around a Lapras surfing all my other Pokemon back to full health. <laughs> all the gym leaders look rad. Like Misty is looking That's good. That's true. Yeah. That sounds like I'm being a creep, but I just like her outfit. Yeah, no. 
And like I said, I haven't gotten to Surge yet, and I'm very excited for that whole thing. Is it thing. like anime models, Misty? Because oh, she looked a little different in, in uh, blue and red it's, from it's, the It's anime. actually kind of like Pokemon Special, Misty. She's got yeah. kind of like a cool jacket thing. Okay. I mean, I could pull up a picture really quick, but maybe, maybe that's not exceptionally relevant. I don't know. Like, it's a fun game. Um, Mostly it's a chill way to hang out with my wife while she plays Pokemon, and I'll, you know, I'll take that. Mostly it's just a chill way to hang out with my digital Pokemon friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> also that. And follow me and go, dwee! No. <laughs> like, the Pokeball Plus is pretty good. I just wish it had a Another few more button. buttons. Also, like, I'm wondering what else you could ever use it with. Oh, yeah, that's, it's just for Pokemon. It's probably just for this one. But it feels so good when it goes, I give it approximately three months before somebody beats Dark Souls with it. <laughs> oh, that would be so good can you beat dark souls with two buttons well it, you do technically have a third input and that is shake that's true <laughs> can you beat dark souls with two buttons and a very imprecise additional input i couldn't and also joystick it does have a joystick so i couldn't i don't that know if dark some... souls will let you play it with it in because the one thing i don't like about pokemon go or i guess pokemon let's go is it's very particular about what controllers you use yeah, and like every time you do anything that might require a save operation, it's like press the button on the controller you would like to use. No, we're not going to just reconnect the one you were using. Um, I'm not into that. That's that's and less I cool. I can't use my pro controller, which I have a Pokeball now. Amazon tried to take it from me. Amazon tried to kidnap my Mew from me and not let me have it. So wait, what now? I so I only want digital Switch games. So I pre-ordered this digitally and bought a Pokeball separate from Amazon. Okay. Amazon's like, cool, bro, we sent you your Pokeball. And I'm like, cool. It is like, it'll arrive on Friday. I'm like, good. That's when the game comes out. Friday, I got home. It was not here. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. He'll probably come tomorrow. Next day, I look on Amazon and they're like, oh, we're sorry. There was a problem with your package. Should be here today. I'm like, great. I'm going to go to work. I had to work all say Saturday and Sunday. Monday, I get there. Still no Pokeball. Amazon's like, eh, if it's not here by next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> um. And that Wednesday was the day before Thanksgiving. So I called them the day before Thanksgiving. Like, yo, honey, where my Pokeball at? And they're like, oh, man, we don't have any more. We can't send you any more. I don't know what to do. I'm like, can I talk to your manager? I don't know what to do. Can you send me up the chain? Do you want to talk to someone else? Yes. Can I talk to your manager <laughs> since you cannot help me? And all you do is keep saying, ah, oh, I don't know how to help you. And then their manager gave me a hundred bucks to buy a Pokeball Plus. Nice. Nice. Which clearly he did. I, I bought one for 60 bucks that was did not have prime shipping so that I had 40 bucks left over. Yes. That's well, yeah, but bad. you used the money primarily yeah. to buy a Pokeball. Yes. So yeah, I actually really like it. I don't miss any of the moves that they took out, even though the ones they took out feel random. I do miss abilities being gone. Yeah. I miss that a lot, but at the same time, I know that's not going to be true of all Pokemon games. Held items, I surprisingly don't miss at all. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I, I never really used a lot of held items when I played Pokemon. Honestly, so. I think that was a thing they only kept in after third gen because they're like, oh, the meta likes this, and then they just kind of I do kept like it in competitive. Well, it's uh, a, I, definitely I, an interesting idea, especially with stuff like the held items for the Z evolutions and and stuff like that. It, it adds a, a level to the competitive nature or competitive play. Spoilers: There is Mega Evolution in this game. Oh, neat! How? I don't know. I okay. haven't gotten that far yet. Do a little dance to make your Pokemon evolve. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the other thing. Is this game is a bit simpler than the recent mainline editions, but only and a like, bit. Like, I really don't miss anything from that. Like, I feel like it's not simpler in a meaningful way. Yeah, well, I honestly hope this is a good jumping-on point for more people to get into Pokemon again, because there are a lot of people who haven't played since Red and Blue, and I think this is the biggest I mean, it's sold a ton of units. So. Yeah. So I'm hopeful we see a reinvigoration of people who play Pokemon games. 
somewhat regularly. Well, that's uh, all I've been playing. How about you? Oh, man, I forgot we've been talking about Pokemon so long. I forgot what segment this is. I didn't. Um, but Pokemon. Uh, so I've been playing a bunch of board games on my phone. No, there was a Humble Bundle that came out recently for a bunch of digital board games. There's like 15 of them for eight bucks is pretty good. And like five of them are for your phone, which is pretty also good. And I'm still playing Dokkan Battle Fate Go and Danmachi. I'm good for phone games. That's right. Yeah, no, my time waster game, if I just don't like feel like thinking or doing anything, is like I'll listen to a podcast and I'll play like Splendor or something right now, which is actually pretty nice. Splendor's kind of fun. Splendor's fun. I like it. I've gotten to the point where I can beat the computer regularly and I want to cut my teeth on some real human opponents. And uh, Jen owns it, and she was like, I guess I'll play Splendor with you occasionally. So, so does Kevin, which means you need to have more free time. Yeah, no, I'm aware of this fact, Zach. <laughs> um, Just wanted to reinforce that. One of the games I got on there, so, okay, actually, I find this one really entertaining. I don't think it's a particularly interesting game unless you're actually playing it. It's called Abalone, where you basically have a Chinese checkerboard, and you have two players, and you can push your marbles along a line in groups of up to three, and you can move your opponent's marbles back if they have fewer in a line than you do. So it's like a vying for position on the board, and the idea is to sumo your opponent's marbles out. I mean, it's an abstract logic game. It's just entertaining to play. I'm very bad at it. A much more interesting game is Herald, which is like an animals fighting in the forest thing where you like build... It's like Yu-Gi-Oh! Kind of? I don't know. It's like Yu-Gi-Oh! except your cards stack instead of you get one really big card. So... And also... So it's like Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, no, not really. Like, you don't stack a bunch of Pikachus on each other to make a Mega Pikachu, right? I guess... You stack a Raichu on a Pikachu <laughs> to make a Raichu. <laughs> I'm just gonna rub this Raichu juice all over you. Just gonna squeeze that good I'm stuff I'm going right. to evolve my Pikachu by shoving a colored rock in its face. Uh-huh, yeah. Give it mutagenic cancer. Oops, all spikes. It's now an Joltachu. And then trade it to the Chicken Viridian City to get a Alolan Pikachu. Raichu. Oh, good to know. Good to know that's a thing Alex will definitely have now, because you told me this in a Lolan Raichu in her party. I'm sorry you've just decided that slot. I think it's Snitty, actually. I think I picked the wrong snitty. Oh, so is that in Let's Go? Yeah. You can get get the Alolan ones? Yeah. They're all by trade, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say we picked up an Alolan Rotata. Whoa. Hey, I guess that's actually a dark Pokemon. That is a dark type. That's true. That's a thing to notice. So mostly a bunch of random board games on my phone. I do want to call out Herald is a very interesting game, so... If you ever find it in a real life store. Also, I'm almost, almost done with Final Fantasy. I feel like this ending just keeps going. Forever. It just takes forever. Spoilers, it never actually ends. Yeah, that is true. I also don't really get what Arden's endgame is. Uh, uh, he's going to be the king of nothing. Is is he Ifrit? Because that's um, my called shot right I, now. I think he's working. It's been a month. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I think he's working for Ifrit. You definitely fight Ifrit. Okay, yeah, no, because, like, Shiva gives you this story. Oh, yeah, by the way, I mentioned last week that Shiva's dead. Shiva's not dead. What a surprise. She got better. She's actually been following you around the whole time. She's actually time. your girlfriend's maid. Oh, that's actually that's actually something I love about the photos, is that you can see Carbuncle in the photos and occasionally Gentiana in the photos and everyone's like well that's weird i don't remember that happening also does carbuncle ever show up in the game there's a way to get it but it like is like involves some pre-order stuff and i think like playing the demo or something i know you can also turn on like easy mode basically and he'll show up but i have never done that because the game's already not very hard it is very entertaining just not very hard yeah so anyway the game keeps going anyway and she tells you the story about like efreed and i were lovers it went bad yo 
it went real bad. And then she sacrifices her soul to you or something. I don't really know how summons work. And I'm like, oh, 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 this makes so much sense. Arden is the Joker. He's basically just Ifrit trying to destroy anything. That's the only possible explanation for the crazy ass not actually getting anything done, but still screwing everything up plan he has. I'm, I'm probably going to spoil something for you. I've gotten to the part where Noctis just hangs out in the cave for 20 years. <laughs> no! Sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, this is fine. I'm perfectly okay. No, he isn't for what? What? I don't know. I was hoping you could tell me. Okay. So, I, I don't know. I called Arden is Ifrit because, like, I cannot fathom any other explanation for his... You think they're going to explain it. I, That's cute. No, I just... It doesn't make any sense. He just doesn't have any apparent guiding force behind his actions. I don't understand why he's behaving in this manner. Like, if he wants you dead, he should just kill you. He's had so many opportunities. But he'd rather turn into Promptu and make you punch him. I don't, yeah, I don't <laughs> get it. Why? I don't get it. Why? There have been so many chances. For, well, especially after he kidnaps Prompto and then separates your entire party. He has so many chances while you are alone and abandoned in a robot death facility. Like, there are so many. And he puts you in several literal death traps. And he could just kill you then. He's like, but there's a way out. He's the Riddler. That's it. He's the Riddler. Riddle this, knock this. <laughs> He's living out his fantasy of being a Bond villain. When is the darkest the brightest? A ballpoint banana. I wish I could remember with Riddle that's the answer <laughs> A to. ballpoint banana. Yeah, so that's Final Fantasy 13, guys. I 15. <laughs> no, it's 13 now. Um, that's actually Final Fantasy 13 online. Actually, 13 was the one worth like... 13 was a fantastic... 80-hour movie, I've been told. Is that the one with lightning? Yes. yes. Okay. He's got a corridor, too. <laughs> you, you lock lightning down the corridor. Yeah, so I don't know. It's Final Fantasy. I kind of... Do you get to keep playing after you beat the game to go back and finish all your side quests? Yeah, you can time travel back to before everything got screwed. Okay. Okay. I really just want Noctis to team up with me all the time because he had the highest link strike rate, I feel. So that's it. That's the game. Aren't you Noctis? You said you want Noctis to team up with you. Yeah, no, I'm Ignis. Uh, no, I, I in fact meant Ignis. I want Ignis to be no longer blind so that he can lightning spear people. I do like that all your teammates give you different link strike combos depending on what weapon you're wielding. My favorite is when you have a spear and Gladio just like catapults you off his sword and is like, well, my sword's up here now. I guess it's going down. So speaking of stuff Tyler wanted to get around to, we played Hitman Agent 47 this week. He kills stuff. That's the game. Done. Yeah, so you are a bald man who wakes up. <laughs> In a I vat mean, of Rogaine. <laughs> he's not wrong, but that is the, probably the most succinct way I've ever heard anybody uh, you just, you, summarize a game. You spend the first 15 minutes, optionally, you can skip this part, massaging your scalp, trying to become a not bald man. When you're um, done with that, you hear a voice who's like, very good, I am not an also species, <laughs> but I need to train you in your protoria. Your protorial. <laughs> Please put on the suit I have arranged for you right outside of your weird prison. Observe the WASD and how it works slightly different than you're expecting until you remap the controls so it works how you are expecting. <laughs> or suffer because you didn't Observe bother. the WASD. <laughs> One of the problems with the WASD is that it also still applies tank controls, so to strafe it is actually initially mapped to ZNC. Which is uh, why you immediately changed that to A and D. But where did you put the turn then? Uh, on Z ZNC. Okay. Also, you can just turn with the mouse. You can. Uh, for whatever reason, I was... I actually mapped this to a 360 controller, so... It worked with one? Yep. Um, I, I had to use software to map keyboard controls to the 360, but... Okay. That seems like it's probably a much better option. 
Like default controls, even if you hit, hit yo, wasdy me, wasdy me up, bro, are not very good. But you do have full control over remapping, so it's a pretty easy obstacle to get over. Once you have remapped the controls, it works more or less how you expect. You walk around, you aim with the mouse. It's pretty standard third-person controls. So you go through it, you jump on a ladder, you do a cool jungle gym. Then he's like, good, good. Observe the garrote and the knives. Stab the dummy if you want. Observe the guns. Observe the bigger guns. guns. (laughs) Observe the very large guns. You can only carry one of these at a time, and you cannot holster it anywhere. So if you're carrying it, you will be very obvious. Good, good. Now this part is hard, so I will not tell you what you're supposed to do. Figure it out, stupid. (laughs) Yeah, you. I mean, it took me a little while to figure out the elevator, too, but that was unrelated. When you finally get to a point when you have to actually interact with somebody... It doesn't tell you what you're supposed to do. I I wasn't sure if I was supposed to interact with the guy, like talk to him or something like that. Or just straight up kill him. And I immediately failed to get put back and was like, I'm going to come back to this later because screw this. I have the same experience. I do like that there's a special cutscene where they just drag you back into the prison you woke up in. And I guess take your suit. But the next time I got there, I just walked around the corner and opened up with the AK. But then I didn't realize you were supposed to steal his clothes because it just okay. didn't click to me that I was supposed to do I that. I did that by accident because I was trying to grab something else. And then I murdered the other guard and it's like, you have failed your mission 47. You know what happens when they drag you back. They kill you. Oh, You're okay. a clone. I mean, that makes sense. They, they just make more of you. So, I mean, that's spoilers. That's the end. But I is implied that like 47 is special so yeah well so and all the ones who fail the tutorial are not agent 47 <laughs> I gotcha. they're, they're they're like 46.8 until you get to 47 and actually pass the tutorial i picked it up by accident and so the guy let me in then uh, i shot him so once you finally figure out the tutorial you start missions you start with like a briefing slash buying phase where you start with a certain amount of money you get money for successful jobs and you pick what guns you want to buy and what special equipment and how much ammo. I must have accidentally skipped over that because I, I... It's easy to do. I skipped it the first time. I didn't notice that. It does give you like a default loadout, but that usually has no extra ammo. So you That's want to because you're purchase supposed... ammo. Yeah, you don't need to shoot anything. Fair. Garrot everything? Yeah. Now, if you're doing it right, you just garrot everyone. You also get penalized if you kill any civilians. If you kill guards of the target, you're fine. But any civilians require a cleanup cost. And then Bane gets mad at you, and then it takes you longer to get out of prison when you get captured. Yeah. So the missions are an interesting idea. The problem is there's no quick save in this game, and a lot of them involve waiting. The first one, you've got to wait for the limo with the guy to show up, which is cool because it gives you time to find a vantage point you like. But if you don't know that's what you're supposed to be doing with that dead time, or what the, that's what the game expects you to be doing with it, you can end up what I ended up doing, which was running around in circles, then having a bunch of guys in blue, I'm presuming that was the guy I wasn't supposed to kill, show up and murder me. <laughs> yeah, and there's a little bit of a thing, like on that first level, when you kill the guy, a helicopter spawns and knows where you are, and you just have to run from it. I guess you could probably fight it, too. But it's like, ha, we see you, 47, from your hiding spot. We are a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> That's really stupid. I, I always hate it when games expect you to be stealthy, but if you are even slightly spotted, everybody on the f- map knows where you are. I also had a lot of problems with like the field of view. The first mission, the way I wanted to do it was go on top of one of the buildings and snipe the dude, but there are like guards on all the buildings, which is fine, but when, for some reason when you zoom in, you can't like see over them no matter where you are, even though you can see over them perfectly from outside the scope, and it seems like you could just put the rifle up on the thing. 
and see over it pretty easily, but it blocks so much of your point of view. But the game is really kind of about finding inventive ways to get through each level. The second level, for example, provides you with a car bomb, and the optimal way to do it is to kill the driver, disguise yourself as the driver, put the car bomb on the thing, and wait for them to drive near the guards and explode the car bomb then. But because there's no quick save, it just has a real do-it-again stupid feel, where if you mess up even a little bit, you've got to start over from the beginning. And while I can kind of respect that, it just feels like it has no respect for your time because of the sheer amount of waiting involved in the game. You wanted to talk about the feedback loop, Tyler, of the way the buying phase works. I like the idea of the buying phase because it gives you time to prepare and think about what you need and what you want to do it with. I mean, it's definitely an an interesting idea because it lets you basically pick and choose how you're going to interact with the level. Do you want to snipe the target? Do you want to blow the target up? Do you just want to go rock and roll and kill everything? But without knowing a whole lot about how the level's set up, like, Kind of, yeah, I have to do it once, especially as they get more complicated. Yeah, it, it's like Jeremy said, it's the uh, do it again, stupid. Like, I kind of wish it did like the thief style thing where it gave you kind of like a mini rundown of the level before you started. So kind of the feedback loop in this game is that you get money basically for completing missions stealthily and by avoiding loud conflict. So like every time you shoot your gun, you're going to probably alert a bunch of people. And then you're going to spend a bunch of ammo killing all the people you just alerted. And then there are civilians. You may accidentally shoot a couple of them and lose money for that. So it kind of incentivizes you being stealthy. And given that it's a game about being a stealthy assassin, dude, it kind of makes sense. The problem is you can run into issues later in the game where you don't actually have enough money to buy a loadout. So if you're, like, just really screwing up a stealth element, you don't actually have enough money to buy ammo to, like, gun your way through it anymore. Because you screwed up too much early on. So you can kind of get into a situation where you don't necessarily, you're like not in a soft lock scenario because you can just get better and stealth your way through it. But like it kind of, well, it removes your options. You mean you're not in like a hard fail state? Yeah. You're in kind of a pseudo soft fail state? Yeah, like like you can move on, but it removes a lot of the options you have for doing it. So like it kind of tries to incentivize being stealthy, but if you're bad at that, uh, which, you know, is kind of the point of the game, so arguably maybe you sh- maybe you should get better at it i don't know but if you are bad at that it removes your option for being bad at that eventually so it's a weird feedback loop like i'm not sure it incentivizes you being stealthy which is clearly what they wanted but uh, like at what cost at what cost guys about yeah. 2750 that makes sense it was about six bucks for me so i think i bought it for 290 yeah i, I actually paid like three dollars for it because it was on sale and so yeah the game has a lot of cool ideas but it just feels too clunky for it to really be fun. And like Zach said, every time I failed, I just the cost for failure was so high, I didn't want to go back to it. Just even the loading screens, it reminded me of Symphony of the Night a lot in that way, where every time I died, I went back to the start screen. Yeah, and I had to go through the briefing and everything again. It's one of those things, one of the nice things about games that are difficult or stuff like this are the oh, I screwed up, now I'm going to go give that another shot. Yeah, it's but being, fast back in the action. But being right? kicked all the way back out, like, Dark Souls, it'd be kind of along the same lines of Dark Souls being kicked all the way back to the main menu every single time you died. I actually kind of want, I'm not sure if a game like this exists, I kind of want a Sands of Time sort of thing, where you can only go back a set amount of time. So it has, like, stealth followed by action followed by stealth followed by action and you have to choose like when do i want to like how much did i screw up here is it worth going back now it's actually kind of one of the reasons i like the flashbacks of uh dirt is because you get a limited number of them 
And so it's like, did I screw up too bad here? Do I need the flashback now or can I save it for later? Kind of my tangent, but my headcanon for the guy in Dirt is that he actually has a superpower where he can do that. And he's like, you know what the best possible way I could use this is? Stock car racing. Rally car racing. Yeah, whatever. Car racing. <laughs> do we want to get into the plot of this game? This podcast has been going on for a while. <laughs> okay, yes. I don't know a whole lot about it. You're trying to like destabilize the triad yeah so you are destabilizing a hong kong triad by murdering various people in it to attempt to get them to start a gang war so you can get to the head of the uh one of the triads and kill him after you kill him you are confronted by someone named diana who is from the actual agency and reveals that all your contracts were in violation of their rules but they've authorized you for a new mission where you're to go to the sanitarium and kill Odin Corvax, and when you get there, it's the facility that you were in at the start <sighs> of the game, and you recognize Corvax as the assistant of the guy who is giving you a tutorial. <laughs> oh, no. And also, there are clone vats, I think. Uh, so you find out that you are a cloning experience that combined the DNA of all your triad targets, as well as the <laughs> tutorial guy. All the With triad the wow. of creating a flawless what? human being. <laughs> Uh, so are the, are the most of the triad targets like very distinctly asian yes and you're not yes okay but i guess this guy is so not asian <laughs> just <laughs> so aggressively swedish <laughs> so tutorial guy orchestrated your escape to test your performance in the real world and has created a bunch of new clones which are 48s who he six after you but because you have all the real world experience you manage to beat them and then disguise yourself even though as- they have the dominant genes brother yes so you disguise yourself as Liquid Snake and kill Tutorial Guy. He's like, oh, I couldn't even recognize my own son. And that's the end of the game. <laughs> oh, geez, that sounds terrible. Um, also, Big Boss is there. Yeah, and he's like, war. War never changes. And then Ocelot. a nuke goes off. <laughs> so that's Hitman, codename 47. <laughs> uh, what are you guys' thoughts on it? Because I feel like I did a lot of dominating the conversation. <laughs> I had difficulty controlling it because I didn't remap, which was a massive mistake. It's got that problem of it's entirely difficult to understand exactly what the game wants you to do and exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And there's a lot of the hurry up and wait and do it again, stupid. A lot of stuff I don't care for. Honestly, I didn't give this game quite as much time as I wanted. I might go back to it, honestly. I liked it reasonably well. Although, from what I've heard, the the other one, all one other Hitman that was ever produced, uh, Hitman 2 apparently improved on a lot of the flaws so a thing I didn't about. really talk about that I think is a big problem with this game is it feels very empty. You can tell that they're like straining the programming to get where they are. Like you spawn in on these like empty streets and you eventually find your targets. There are civilians you can kill, but they don't feel like they're living there. Yeah, they yeah, just it, feel like they're obstacles. Not even that. It feels like they're it's a ghost town until they're there. It just all feels very stiff. And in a game that wants you to play with the physics and like explore weird options, that's kind of immersion breaking. And also, I just don't think it's fun. They go to too many things to make it difficult and not enough things to just make it fun. It doesn't have that Metal Gear Solid 5 feeling of, oh, no, I got caught. Now I got to like go into combat mode or even the like Metal Gear Solid 1 feeling of, oh, no, I'm caught. I got to hide now. I got to scramble. Yeah. And from what I can tell, later iterations of Hitman do that pretty well. This one doesn't a whole lot, and it's a, like it's a little clunky. Even if you get the controls remapped, it. Oh no, Agent Forty Seven himself kind of feels stiff. I feel like like I want to be able to like Assassin's Creed style parkour over some things, and that's not really how he moves. So it just feels like he should. Maybe I'm too spoiled on modern games. I don't know. I thought it was pretty okay. I thought it was an interesting experiment, but I don't think it's very fun. I would second that. 
So speaking of games that are fun, we have a list of them from most to least fun on our website, www.lastpodcast.com. At the top is Chrono Trigger, where you can time travel to all the different fun zones and have all the fun you want, and then travel back to when you first got there. Like post-apocalyptic wasteland, which yeah. I guess is just Fallout. Oh, I thought it was Vegas. The Ancient Past, which I guess is... Dinosaur Vegas. Times. Yeah, Dinosaur Times. <laughs> the Ancient Past of Las Vegas. <laughs> no, that's Las Vegas. <laughs> I just said Vegas. At the bottom is City Connection, a game that's no fun. And in the middle is Kirby's Dreamland, a game that's kind of like a dream of having fun. <laughs> so I really don't know what to compare Hitman to. My initial uh, thief instinct. Yeah, it, Thief is a good uh, Thief is a good point. We'll start with Thief instead. I think it's a little better than Thief, if I'm being honest. I think it's trying more. It might be a little less fun, though. The controls might be a little clunkier. What do you guys think? Yeah, like I feel like Thief is slightly better implemented. And there's like, I don't know, I like the flavor of Thief. I do think Hitman is a little bit more and, well, maybe not even ambitious. I think it's got some quirkier ideas about how you approach the game. So I, I'm of two minds on this. I think I would have to give it to Thief just barely. I but. think Thief is probably a little bit better. It does give you the prompting, like, kind of the map layout. You can kind of cheese a little bit of it, but at the same time, you're given enough tools to stealth around targets and, you know, steal them blind. So the only other comparative game we've played below that is System Shock, I think. How do we think it compares to System Shock? Oh, I think it's better than System Shock. I don't know, this is kind of a hard one for me, because System Shock has a lot going on, and the story is way better. Yeah, but System Um, Shock plays like a train wreck. Yeah. I mean, Hitman kind of does too, but I could actually see myself playing playing Hitman and getting to the point where I can actually manage it, whereas System Shock, it looks absolutely god-awful and controls like ass. I don't think it looks god awful. I actually kind of like the way it looks. It's definitely is its own aesthetic. Also, bad. I, yes, exactly. It has its own bad aesthetic. It also has fairly competent level design. On the other hand, it has some like really, really guy-dated moments. I think way worse than Hitman. I think I have to give it to Hitman. Barely. Okay, so I think the most comparable, ga- compar- comparable game between the two. The most similar like-like game. <laughs> is Red Faction. How do we think it compares ha. to Red Faction? Favorably. Yeah, I also think favorably. favorably. Yeah, Red Faction is a. Very it's got that one. It, it's got the one note of destructible terrain, and it doesn't even handle that particularly well. So right above Red Faction, we have another game that's here basically because of its legacy and ideas more than because it's fun, which is Dragon Quest. How do we think it compares to Dragon Quest? Because I honestly think I have a little bit more fun with Dragon Quest. I at least know what they want me to do in that. I do enjoy good grind on occasion too. Um. Yeah, I just like toss some elk right into that grind. I think I would probably prefer to learn and play Hitman than I would with Dragon Quest. I and mean, if we're talking about it, I'm not really using this as like a swaying point. Like, what is the legacy of Hitman? Ragdoll uh, physics. More Hitman. Hitman 2 just came out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Finally, after all these years, I've been waiting for the sequel, guys. <laughs> it's only been, what, 16 years since this game came out? And I feel like objective mission-based games like this are kind of a thing, so... I feel like Perfect Dark and also Goldeneye. Yeah, that. that's true. But it feels different to me. Like, you're not supposed to figure out how you're going to do it in Perfect Dark or Goldeneye, right? You're just supposed to do it. They There's do. not like an approach. They give that on to you higher, a little bit in some levels. On the higher that. difficulties, there is more of a uh, how How am I going to accomplish this? Yeah, I mean, you yeah, definitely usually they have one. like one solution, but it is very still got the kind of free roaming. How yeah, like those are definitely accomplish. a lot more linear. Um, and I don't know that Hitman is the first game that did this either. That's fair. That said, I do think I prefer Hitman slightly. 
So midpoint between Dragon Quest and Thief is Wave Race 64. Honestly, I prefer Wave Race. Me too. That's a game I'll always go to bat. I don't have to make a decision. So final well, question. No, I, w- I want to know what you would have decided, though. Probably Wave Race. Okay. <laughs> final Even though I've played a better Wave Race game. Final question. Is Hitman better or worse than Lords of the Realm 2? You're going to have to refresh my memory. I, I Cows, have... cheese, beer, governing. Beer is uh, beer thing. Hitman. Lords of the Realm 2's combat mechanics don't really work all that well. They're all kind Hitman. of all over the place. Cool. I don't really remember Lords, Lords of the Realm 2. Lords of the Realm 2 was the turn-based strategy game where you had to basically choose, I want to put cows in this field. I need to decide I'm going to make pikes here. No, I remember everything like meta about this like i remember the meta descriptors of this game but i don't remember the game itself at all and this is very it's not a bad thing <laughs> like i remember like what categories it falls into but that's it all right so hitman codename 47 will go at number 160 above lords of the realm 2 and below wave race 64 so we've got that done what are we playing next week jeremy i want to play a top down horizontal shooter because it's been a while since we've done one of those and there aren't actually that many available on the wii u virtual console so I'm going to go with Super Earth Defense Force. Okay. okay. I've never even heard of this Is that game. on the Wii U? It is. Okay. It was also just called Earth Defense Force in some places. I'm not sure which one it is on the Wii U. I'll right, we'll just have to check them both. So next time on Last Time, let's defend the Earth. This has been a production of Last Time on Video Games, copyright 2018. All games, movies, and other media mentioned in this podcast are copyright their respective owners. If you wish to listen to more episodes, visit us at www.lasttimeonvideogames.com where you can see the entire archive. If you wish to get in contact with us, you can email us at ltovg at lasttimeonvideogames.com. This episode is over. Try listening to another one?